Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. I'm going to talk about something that I don't know much about. But you don't have to know much about something for it to bother you. And this kind of bothers me at a gut level. And I'm going to see if I can get my head around some thoughts that apply to not only the subject I'm going to stumble through today, but, oh, a change in the world and what people think is their rights um, that I don't agree with. Um, and I think this is mostly liberal left. Um, I don't think the, the right actually thinks about it much at all. And a lot of people on the left get cowered into this, this mindset. So I know that didn't make any sense, that introduction. So I'm going to start off on a subject... And then I'm going to go from the specific to the general and see if I can make sense of it in my own head. There's a new book out called Irreversible Damage. Abigail Schreier. I'm not saying her name right, but I'll use my new video skills and try to post a picture of the book cover uh, in this video. Lots of young girls are deciding they have gender dysphoria. It's a fancy way of saying a lot of young girls as teenagers wake up and decide they're a boy in a girl's body. That is something to me. I actually know um, a guy, know is a different word, I've talked with and been around him and gone to poetry group with a guy that decided that he's really a woman. He's a woman trapped in a guy's body. And he takes pills. In fact, I, I, I've known two guys, so I haven't actually known any women that thought they were men. This is so foreign to my view of life. I kind of take life as, um, you know, you get good cards and bad cards. Uh, and even if I thought, I wanted to be a woman. Or, I mean, I thought, wow, that'd be cool. I mean, women, first, I really like women and they're beautiful, and who wouldn't want to be a young, beautiful woman? And they have a lot of power uh, in their beauty and the desire that um, men have give women a lot of power. So, I mean, doesn't seem completely crazy to think about what it would be like. But I would never think 
in my wildest dreams and that and one I don't have a real strong desire I'm pretty content with you know playing the cards that life gives me which is my point I think you get cards you that you like that you have to play with and you get cards you don't like that's just that's just life to me so the idea that you would try to change your biology is a very foreign concept to me. Um, and it's almost against the rules in my way of thinking. And I would predict most of the time it doesn't have a happy ending. Could be wrong. I don't haven't heard any great statistics one way or another. But those are my biases. Admittedly, I'm biased on this subject, and I'm getting it, you know, right out here, right out front. I'm biased. But that's me. That's that's the truth, and I'm going to speak, you know, what I believe. Gender dysphoria. That seems like a strange name. And what's going on, according to this author, Abigail, is a lot of teenage girls are getting into social groups and deciding they're in the wrong body. We'll come back to that in a minute. And so right now, if you go to a doctor and say you have gender dysphoria, you're a woman, a girl, let's say you're an 11-year-old girl, and you go to a doctor and say, I have gender dysphoria, I'm really a boy. The current liberal position is the only one that knows if that's true or not is the 11-year-old girl. I would argue she doesn't even know. An affirmative care policy says you don't need to diagnose if that's true you have to accept it since she's the only one that knows if it's true. So psychotherapists are bound by law to affirm the gender of the girl's selection. Wow. Okay. Doctors must affirm the teenager's self-diagnosis and assist the teenager to accomplish it. Wow. You don't know the number of times that I've decided that I understood something about my health. And I've even tried to collect data on it and read all the literature and gone in and tried to do a self-diagnosis and get a doctor 
to go along with that. I'm getting my dog up here on the couch by me. So, and 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 of course, many times I've failed with my self-diagnosis because doctors just don't go along with that self-diagnosis. And they go, like if I, like my blood sugar is getting, I'm like pre, pre-diabetic. I'm not quite there yet. I'm still technically passing the test, but I'm right on the cusp of passing this magic number uh, that they decide is the borderline between when you're not diabetic and you're pre-diabetic. As if God drew this magic line in the sand. So, you know, if I decide I want to do a certain treatment method, that's just not going to happen. Now I can refuse to do what they say, but if I want to go off and, you know, I want them to give me mojo juice and I need a prescription for it, probably not going to happen. But in this case, doctors must affirm the teenager's self-diagnosis and assist the teenager to accomplish it. It's called an affirmative care requirement. Well, and if you, you know, challenge it, you're going to mess up their mental health and how they feel about themselves. That's kind of the story here. Well, just me thinking that's crazy. Who cares what I think, right? But there's been some doctors, uh, a guy named Ken Zucker, uh, was fired, ran some clinic, some big hospital. It's real easy to find. Just do a search. I'll throw his picture name into the video feed here. Ken Zucker was fired because his point of view is let's wait and see. Let's first examine if the parents are doing something that's reinforcing um, the child's belief and behavior that's maybe unconsciously pushing the child toward that direction. Let's check to see if the child is in a group of people that are advocating that. Let's check to see if the child has any friends, has any activity away from being on the computer all the time in a social group that advocates um, gender dysphoria. Over the last year, apparently, in Britain, there's been a 4,000% increase in women treated for gender dysphoria. 
since this affirmative action, uh, affirmative care requirement came in. So the argument is, well, they were, you know, in the closet before, and now this has given them permission to come out. But if it was a in-the-closet thing, uh, Abigail points out, the one that wrote this book, that it would be more than just teenage girls that are on computer all day in social groups. You would expect there to be an increase in older women, and you'd expect there be an increase in men. But neither is that true. It's young teenage girls. Uh, her argument is that teenage girls tend to be a, a little bit, you know, his, hysterical. Uh, and, they, and you see this in other behaviors like self-harm, uh, anorexia, bulimia, those tend to be groups of teenage girls that get together um, and teach each other. For instance, if you put someone into a rehab center with other girls or that way, they typically come out worse. Um, and so therapists are not even allowed to challenge that. And a lot of people have been uh, beaten up for disagreeing with this viewpoint. So what happens when they get, you know, declared they have gender dysphoria, declared by the girl herself? Well, usually the first thing is testosterone additions and starts changing your, you know, amount of hair, your body type, where your fat gets stored, your butt, your boobs. So, here's the thing about a girl who thinks she's a boy, and she's trapped in a boy's body. Gender, in part, is a social construct, not by the people advocating this policy, obviously. And it's something, according to them, that's immutable at birth. You know which body you belong in. That strikes me as weird, to be quite honest. But they argue that only a girl can know her truth. Gender is a personal choice. And medical professionals are required to acquiesce. People that are pushing this tend to see themselves as saviors. And they advocate for doing what's needed. For instance, if a girl needs surgery to take her boobs off to feel okay, then off go the boobs. Hormones. 
penis construction. Get rid of the, you know, female organs. I assume they get rid of the clit or something. You know, and they build a penis, bunch of operations to get it to function. Put nerve endings in there to feel something. Um, some small chance of being able to get an orgasm. So it's it's a big physical deal. And girls as young as 11 start this. Now here's some really goofy. This immutable thing that you know since birth that you're man or a woman can be fluid and it turns out the majority of people the majority of young girls that decide they're a man later change their mind and a lot of them decide they're gay they're lesbian which is cool with me um, not that it needs to be cool with me so there's some chance these girls are going to change their mind yet the affirmative care standard says you assist them in getting what they want or what they believe that that uh, knowing that some of them are going to change their mind and knowing that we're messing with some serious biology changes when you start giving testosterone Now, they, they, people that for this affirmative action say it's more than just your feelings at mistake, you know, at, at stake here if someone challenges you. It's your identity. You're challenging someone's identity. Now, I would argue that your identity is made up not only of what you think is true, but what the people around you think is true. And that's just life. People around you impact your identity. And you have to learn to deal with it. You can think you're a great writer and people read your stuff and say, it's crap. Or I can think I'm a great podcaster and people tell me it's crap. It's just, it's just the way it is. So this lady looked at the teenage girls. Most of them are white, middle to upper class, and they have no victim status. And along comes this thing, it has a lot of nice words, like 
your two-spirit. Now these girls tend to have a dearth of intimate relationship. They're very sheltered. Um, they're not dating. They're with mom all the time. They're on their phone. Even with the, when they're with other girls, they tend to be on their phone. They're tethered to their mom. And their best friend is often their mom. Sex is viewed as its own thing. A lot of them are exposed by going on the internet to some pretty violent uh, porn that's out there. And it can be a pretty scary thing. So Abigail assumes that most gender dysphoria is peer motivated, social media motivated, and mental health is not being achieved by helping these girls and not challenging their belief. And it's certainly their well-being is not served by allowing them to start uh, hormone therapy and, and things that will cause permanent harm. Your body type and muscle mass and all that kind of stuff gets changed, the amount of hair you have. And a lot of that doesn't reverse once you stop the testosterone. She would claim that this is kind of a narcist, narcist, narcistic, narcissist viewpoint that only your will determines your place in the world. It's kind of... Uh, similar to a lot of the social constructs. For instance, if you argue against Black Lives Matters, um, you're going to get a lot of uh, aggressive ideology thrown at you. So this is one of those issues that if you speak out, and if I had any following <laughs> on YouTube or um, Anchor, my podcast I might get a backlash but no one I don't have a lot of people caring what I think so I'm kind of lucky but I would advocate that real life is a compromise and you have social pressure pushing you all over the place and that's part of life so I doesn't seem unreasonable that I would think you would tell a girl, let's wait and see, and let's let's see if you feel like this a year from now, three years from now. Let's see what you feel like when you get 16. Now, they would argue that some of the stuff you need to get going, because if you don't uh, start the hormone, the testosterone soon enough, a lot of irreversible changes might happen. You know, you might 
get an ass that sticks out that men like. But whatever. So, this is the way things are at the moment. I I was watching a what got me into this was an interview with Jordan Peterson, and you probably already go, "Whoa, he's a Jordan Peterson guy." I I do buy ninety percent of what Jordan Peterson. Uh, use a few points. Not all of them. I have some some reservations about religion, for instance, and, and his viewpoints on that. But he's usually pretty tight logically. So he was actually hesitant. to speak about this. And I think that's uh, really scary. Because Jordan Peterson's been put through the mill for a lot of his viewpoints. And he's booed, and if I say his name in my UUFN crowd, I see the other person cringe. Oh, and I'm typically... Uh, willing to discuss most any subject, but there's a lot of subject these, this day that you can't talk about without being booed out of the stadium by the progressive liberal crowd, the woke people. You do not want to get on the side of the woke, on the bad side of the woke people. This guy, Ken, uh, Forgot his name, but I mentioned him earlier. Ken Zucker. Zucker. He was like a prominent psychotherapist. 70 years old, been working in the field forever. He thought he could just get out and openly express his viewpoints. His kind of wait and see and let's go slow. And let's, you know, at least examine that if, you know, the parent's action, are you biasing the kid one way or another? And let's try to get you to a more neutral stance. And he got fired. There's a lot of people have been canceled. That's what they call them, canceled. The power to cancel. For instance, it's now the law to, you have to support someone's pronouns. Uh, which they decided that that's overrules freedom of speech. My daughter sometimes will tell me what she believes and what she thinks happened in her childhood. And if I challenge what she says happens, I'm, I'm told that I'm challenging her truth wow and that I'm not allowed to challenge her story because it's her story even when it conflicts with my story 
Now, I generally just let that go because I kind of have the opinion that if someone doesn't want to know my point of view, okay, they do want to know my point of view, I'll tell them. Uh, on social issues and, you know, things like this that are affecting a lot of kids' life, I think it's something that ought to be debated. And there ought to be two schools on something as important as this. And it oughtn't, ought to be perfectly legitimate to challenge something that is as new as this and that we don't have a long track record on. We don't know what's the future of all these girls. We do know that suicides are up. But whether that has anything to do with this or not, and if that's the same group, I don't know. But anyway, I think it's important, and we ought to be discussing both sides of it. And it should be okay to question almost anything and have a debate on it. So this is the ancient Texan talking to you about something I don't know about. But on the surface seems very disturbing to me. And I'm glad I'm not a parent who has a girl teenager that wants... Uh, change her sex and when she gets to be adult hunky dory with me but I would go wait and see would be my attitude no matter what someone told me anyway this is the ancient Texan hope you have a good one namaste